there is an indefinable, mysterious power that pervades everything. That power that can make a way out of nowhere. Today, the world, in the world, is so much suffering because of that one of prayer. My dear Lord, we come to you collectively in prayer today for your dear son, his Holiness Bhakti Charu Maharaj, who was hospitalized with COVID-19. Dear Lord, we know that you know what's best for your servants. And we humbly beg that if it is your will to let him stay with us, dear Lord, then please, we are begging and asking for his quick recovery. We thank you, dear Lord. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Welcome everybody to the Prayer Revolution. My name is Doyal. I'm happy to be here with you. Uh, we have a very, very, very wonderful, beautiful, special guest with us today. Her name is Breja Leela. And mm. uh, she actually, you sent me a bio yesterday about yourself so I can learn a little about yourself. And I was just blown away about how you've lived your life and the things that you've done. It was incredible. I was just astounded. She began practicing bhakti in 1979, where she met Krishna devotees in the bhakti path here in New York City. I'm in Brooklyn right now. She's tuning in from a, a farm community where she lives in Pennsylvania, but is right here in New York City back in 1979. And within a year after her formal vows of commitment to the spiritual path, she was requested by her spiritual teacher, who is Bhakti Tirta Swami, who we've referenced and quoted here often on the show, to go to West Africa to pioneer the spreading of spiritual values and Krishna consciousness there in Nigeria. And she lived in West Africa for almost 10 years, uh, traveling and assisting and um, helping various spiritual community centers there. Um, and she helped her spiritual teacher develop what's known as the Institute of Applied Spiritual Technology. Um, and then in 1995, she and her husband, Ekavir Prabhu, um, they were requested to take on leadership roles in the farm community Gitanagari, which is where they are now. Um, and it was there that her spiritual master left her body. She was a close associate and assistant of her spiritual master during his last days. And so many of us have heard stories from, uh, from Ranat Swami, from others about uh, um, his beloved guide, Brother Bhaktivedanta Swami, whose the uh, the um, his disappearance day was just recently, and so I mean the anniversary of his passing from this world, and so 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 many friends I've seen all over social media and Facebook have been posting quotes and stories and videos of of him, um, and so she's living there currently now. She's a GBC devotee care. She's on the GBC devotee care community. Um, and uh, she, her and her husband serve on the Grihasta Vision Team, which is a marriage counseling leadership team for the International Society of Krishna Consciousness. Um, and last but not least, um, you're also employed by USAID to teach mediation and conflict resolution internationally. And you travel worldwide teaching workshops on, on, on spiritual care, relationship building, graduated from Berkeley University, and you're a certified trainer in conflict resolution, mediation, mediation, and nonviolent communication. So I was blown away at all the things that, you, that, that you've done with your life, and it's so incredible. And we are 
overjoyed and grateful, grateful, grateful to have you here. Um, it's just you and me this morning. Veer had a family outing that came up. You know, he's got a little boy now. Yeah. Boy. yeah. You know that, that uh, you have children. Do you, do you, yeah. Did you, you did uh, Amanda, yes. Yes. Last time I was at the Center. Yeah. 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 And so he's, he's a little, so he, he, they had a family outing plan this morning, so he's unable to make it. So I get you all to myself. And, I get uh, you. <laughs> and we got you all to ourselves. And so um, we are really, really, really grateful that you're here. And um, normally, as I mentioned, we say a prayer. We have a prayer that we start each morning. And, uh, and then we discuss that prayer. And, uh, and so I had mentioned to you, we talked, if you would like to lead us in a prayer, we would love, love to hear from you. Well, thank you so much. I'm really so grateful to be with all of you. Um, I see some familiar faces and some that I'm sure I will get to know as we go on. And it's just wonderful that we can um, connect, that we can connect in this way. So, you know, uh, technology, so amazing. <laughs> So um, we'll start, we'll start with a prayer. That's, uh, and I, I believe you request everyone to close their eyes if they would like to, if not, just let's be together. Um, what I'd like us to do is just enter our minds, bring our minds into that sacred space within our hearts. And if we can sit there, sit the mind there, at this very sacred place in the heart. Sit there for a second. Rest our minds in this place. Let us just connect. So dear Father, Mother God, we thank you so much. We are so very grateful for your continued love and guidance. We thank you, dear Lord, for your quiet whispers that changes our lives when we listen. During this tumultuous time, my Lord, we're so much in a time of turmoil in the world, which we know is always going on at different times. However, my dear Lord, we're praying that somehow or other, we can please have the strength and the courage to see people, places, and events through your divine presence. Please guide us and change us through your eyes. Please connect our hearts to your divine truths. Focus on divine values and ethical attitudes that will help us to flourish spiritually, emotionally, and physically. Please purify our hearts and let us take steps that will guide us towards your plan for our lives. Please, dear Lord, help us with our battles over fear and anxiety. We're praying for courage to overcome our fears. We're praying for courage to be persons, friends, and loved ones that you want us to be. We thank you there, Lord, for 
giving us the opportunity each day to develop a loving relationship with you. And we thank you for all the people that you sent in our lives from the time we were babies until now that are helping us in this growing process to develop this relationship and to express the love that you give to us, to others. We make all these requests knowing there, Lord, that you understand and you know what's in our hearts. We're simply sitting there today. We've brought our minds to you. We're resting our minds at your lotus feet and hearts. And we ask of all of these requests in your holy names. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Krishna, Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama. Rama, Rama, Hare Hare. So when you're ready, please come back to us. Let's all bring our minds back to this space, <laughs> this beautiful space that we're in right now with Dal Goranga Prabhu, Dal Doyal, who has so kindly um, requested me. I'm so really grateful to him for extending this kind invitation. Doyal Prabhu, thank you very, very much. Thank you so much. That was such a beautiful prayer. I feel like a balm on my soul. And uh, it, was, it was very, very comforting, very, very beautiful. Um, so many um, thoughts, reflections, things came up um, that I, I'd love to, love to um, hear more from you on. But before we, before we dive into all of that, I, I'd like to ask the first most important question is, how are you doing? How are you this morning? <laughs> Um, yeah, thank you for asking. Well, let me first go to my feelings. I am feeling excited and happy. Mm. And I'm feeling thankful to everyone that, you know, so early in the morning, I see my so many, like I said, so many dear friends, that you take the time to come and be with us together. I am feeling excited about connection. Mm. And, um, yeah, what's going on for me is how to be connected with with people um, in all areas of life. Mm. You know, how, what is it? What is my purpose? My purpose is to bring love and to awaken hearts mm. to the ultimate goal of all of our lives, the ultimate purpose, which is really to connect with God. That's our real purpose. And how we do that differs. So I do that through teaching conflict, through mediation, through marriage, through so many different things. However, my purpose is to love God and to love God's representatives and those persons that are here on the planet. Mm. So yeah, that's where, that's where I am today. How do I, how do I send that love? you're sending it right now we feel it <laughs> it's so beautiful I, I, I you've been you've been doing this work of, of mediation and conflict i mean it's it feels like every person in our in the country needs to talk to you right now and, and, and learn a little something from you um uh what was it that initially was that something that throughout your entire life that you always felt inspired to do was there something that ignited that that desire and passion you where you saw something you experienced something that said this is this is the kind of work i want to get into 
Yeah, you know, as you said, I, I had been in, living in Africa for about almost 10 years. And um, we were there as devotees, you know, just kind of bringing the message of love of God <laughs> to as many people as we could. Yeah. And um, after coming back to America, um, my, my teacher, my mentor, my guru, my, he, he wanted to develop a community in uh, Washington, D.C. That community, as you shared, we, we was named the Institute for Applied Spiritual Technology, which means we apply all the things that we learn, right? <laughs> and so um, in Nigeria, the first country I had been to um, as a young devotee in 1980, they were transitioning in government. Their government was transitioning from, um, they were transitioning to a democracy. And so they were having a lot of challenges in that transition. And so um, a friend of mine who was working there uh, in Nigeria and with the government requested, asked, you know, would you, would you like to go and help with this, <laughs> with the challenges that uh, this country is facing right now in this transition? Mm. And I thought, yeah, that, that sounds wonderful. That sounds like something that I would like to do because I knew that I could teach mediation and bring some technology about God. Somehow I could put that in it, some kind of way. I would know how to bridge, um, yeah, the conflicts that they were having. Because I understand, you know, when we connect with people's hearts, yeah. that yeah. whatever tool that we use, if we can connect with people's hearts, that um, tool will influence their life. And so, so I accepted that request and myself and another friend, we accepted the job from the US government and we went to help in that country. That's how actually I started doing mediation. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. You know, international, you, you, didn't, you didn't start small. <laughs> well, I, you know, uh, the other thing is that I had, been, you know, God, you know God, God had arranged that I would, um, my whole life of practicing bhakti, I was always um, with other people. Mm. <laughs> and when you live with other people, <laughs> there, there are always conflicts, right? I, I think only when, you, only when you can live by yourself. And then, and then because you have conflict with yourself. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So in one sense, I, I kind of had been utilizing those tools, you know, throughout my devotional life, and still continue to do that. Whether it's with myself, my own personal conflicts, yeah. or whether it's with just one other person, or whether it's with many people. So it's, yeah. it's just extension. Yeah. You have you have a question. It's like, well, where where does conflict come from? How does conflict arise? Well, if you have one person and put them in the presence of another person, you get conflict. <laughs> yeah, this is a fact. Or if we have a mind that wants to do something different than our intelligence, yeah. then we have a Yeah, yeah. wow. And so, we usually do. Yeah, you mentioned something so beautiful about applied spiritual technology and applying spiritual values to, 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 current, to current life. And then you also mentioned in, in conflict resolution, what inspired you is that if you can connect to people's heart, um, then the tools you use are really open stuff. So share with me a little bit more what, what you mean by that, like connecting to a person's heart first 
uh, and what is what what do you mean by that? What does that look like, and and how do you go about doing that? You know, in in the science of bhakti, we learn that um, that God actually lives in the heart, <laughs> and um, so if when we when we are able to move through all the different layers that we have and go to a person's heart where God is actually residing, then we're connecting with the essence of the person. Yeah. And so by, for, for me, that's kind of, um, yeah, my, 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 my connection in, in terms of relationships is always, how, how can I connect with what's going on for that person's essence? Because I know at the core of a person's essence is beauty. At the core of a person's essence is divine truths. At the core of a person's essence is a desire to connect. Because that's that's who we are. And so, um, so yeah, you know, it's moving through the externals that we all have, all of us, and going to that place where, um, like, like going to you ever go you ever go to an ocean and you see the just the water is just so beautiful with clear and it's green or it's blue or whatever, and you just kind of look at it and you think, wow, there's so much beauty there. And then you get in it and the water is just warm and wonderful. So, so that's what it's like to connect with someone's heart, mm. to go to that deep place, you know? Mm. It, it's not so easy sometimes because, you know, we have a lot of defenses and we cover it with a lot of different layers of different things from, you know, whatever, from the world, from other people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it sounds like that's what's needed today more than anything is connecting with on that on that deeper level. But it just it seems like it's so hard, especially now with uh, social distancing. Everybody's in a, in, a, in, a, in a different place. We're not able to have face to face. We're not able to have hugs. There's not as many hugs going on in the world right now. And um, and also, uh, as you mentioned in your prayer, so much turmoil, so much turmoil going on currently right now in our country and so what are some ways that you might recommend or that you practice or that for for people today that how can we start to to connect especially especially if it sometimes feels like a one-way street you know like do you you know you're trying to connect and offer to somebody else's heart but they don't they don't seem to want to connect to your heart and uh so do you just you know how does it does it have to be a two-way street or can it just be a one-way street? And if so, how do we do it in today's world? Help us apply this spiritual technology. Yeah, it's a little more challenging. However, um, you know, God is so magnanimous that um, we can't even begin to understand how, how, how his creation works. You know, who would have known that we would be able to start connecting through social media in the way that we're connecting? Mm. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, God never leaves us without a way to connect with our humanity. Never, mm. ever, ever, ever. And so um, it's just that we as, you know, yeah, as with layers of different ways that we may think, we may not always use our intelligence to find ways to connect. However, there is always a way to connect. So one of the first things I always think about is the universality in humanity. And so now 
we are able to utilize social media, which I struggled with for quite some time. Mm-hmm. I did not want to use social media. I was like, no, I, I, you know, just it just seemed like, like, no, why? I want to talk to the person, see the person. However, I have this dear friend that was so encouraging um, with me and, and just encouraged me very, very sweetly to please, please start using social media. And now I find it as one of the greatest gifts that's given to us from the Lord at this time. And it can connect us for sure. That's one, that's one, one, one technology is to use technology. <laughs> it's, it's so amazing as you think of it because, you know, this technology has always been there, you know what I mean? Like now we we got Zoom and we've got, you know, social media, et cetera. And we're doing all these, all these podcasts and all, you know, this, this particular podcast started right after quarantine hit because people were wanting to, um, you know, yeah, connect and, and hear voices from the Bhakti Center and hear voices sharing about not just what's going on in the world, but also just wanting to connect and hear voices. And so we started it then, but and now we have so many Zoom meetings and we're connecting, you know, like even in, in, in the Bhakti Center, we're doing programming and there's people that are able to join in from all over the world that weren't able to before. And, you know, it's like, we didn't need to wait for a pandemic to, to do that. You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> it's like you don't, sometimes it takes something so extreme and dramatic to catapult us into recognizing the tools that are already there and available to us. But you know, so I'm just, I was just reflecting how these tools were already there for us. We just weren't utilizing them and how many, how many ways of connection and, and positive things are there that I'm just not, that I'm taking for granted or not taking advantage of, you know? Yeah, that's so true. Cause that's, that's actually what happened to me that I, when I surrendered to technology, I'd come back from India mm. and I had had a, a bit of an accident there. And um, I couldn't walk. I actually was in the hospital in India for almost two months wow. in, in the hospital. Hospitals in India. It's yeah. a whole other journey. It's a whole other level of faith. Another level. Uh, fortunately for me, I was in a, in a hospital where I could, um, the Bhaktivedanta Hospital, which oh, you, can, yeah. you can hear spiritual things all throughout the day, spiritual messages. So I got back to America somehow. Um, and I, and I couldn't walk. I, I actually couldn't, I couldn't go downstairs of my house. I, it was just some, yeah, a, a time of deep reflection and deep prayer. What can I, what will I do to serve God? That's my purpose in life. What will I do? And then there's this whisper from this person, although she was like a loud whisper. I want you to get on social media. And at that time, like I said, I was just not connected to social media at all. This was like a couple of years before all of this started. So we started doing some courses on online and, and, um, and so like that, you know, we were prepared. I see, I see uh, one of the, one of the persons shaking their heads because they were taking some of the classes <laughs> during that time. And it all came about because of a crisis. So like you said, Doyle Prabhu, crisis can really connect us mm-hmm. with the things, things that we may not, that might, we may not never think about. It, it requires sometimes a crisis yeah. for us to face. Yeah. It's beautiful. One of our, whenever we have a little chat board going on here, where people are showing love and spreading so much appreciation for what you're saying. And uh, one of one of our Balori, one of our listeners, um, mentioned that she'd love to hear a response to the question I'd asked about 
connecting to one's heart, even if it's one way. So does there need to be an opening? Does there need to be a reciprocation to connect to someone's heart? Or, you know, even if someone's closed off, do we still, how does that work? If it's, you know, if two people are having conflict and they want to connect, okay, great. But if there's a wall on one side and someone's trying to connect, how does, does, is that possible? How does that happen? How do you approach the situations where someone just seems, you're trying to connect with the heart, but it seems a little closed off? Yeah, you know, compassion is whether someone's heart is closed off or not. You know, how, how do we, this is a practical tool that can take lifetimes <laughs> to really um, enter, to really enter into, to have compassion for another person, irregardless of whatever space that person may be in, is the greatest way that we can show our humanity. Mm. You know, to have empathy and compassion, because if a person is closed off, that means they're in pain. And we may not understand their pain. We may not, we may not identify with their pain. However, if we have that simple tool in the back of our understanding, when we meet someone that's reluctant or resistant to connect, this person has some pain. And okay, am I willing to step into that arena to find out about their pain? That then that's an individual, um, you know, someone may individually need to make that decision. It's an individual decision. However, yeah. to once again, to go back to this first understanding of our humanity, we, we do need to understand some tools to connect with people that are shut off. Because, you know, to, to be honest, I travel the world and most people are shut off in one way or another. Yeah. You know, in one way or another. I mean, you know, now we're, we're, we're you know, we're seeing the, a turmoil of people kind of being shut up because of a pain that's, you know, that's coming forward, which is a really good thing. You know, it's nice that people can express their pain. And then it's also nice that we can decide, do we want to enter into that pain? Because it can be a little bit challenging, for sure. And we need to have tools to do that. I wouldn't recommend that someone just think, oh, this person doesn't want to open their hearts, and I'm just going to go in anyway and open their hearts. No, <laughs> I, don't, I don't, it doesn't work. It's not so simple like that. Yeah. It can be, it can be. I mean, there are definitely saintly personalities on our planet that can do that. Yeah. But but for the most part, we need to um, we need to really have some strategy strategies, mm. spiritual strategies, emotional strategies, how to connect with people. Yeah, I, it's 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 very beautiful what you shared. It's almost kind of like if you're going to do that, it's kind of like know what you're getting into and make sure you're ready for that struggle because it's it's possible, but it's not easy. And you need to make sure that you're ready to, you know, are you ready to enter into that person's pain? You know? Yes, yes. We got to really step into feeling uncomfortable. We got to mm. step into that. Step wow. into feeling uncomfortable because we're not sure what to expect next from the other person. And that's even in our homes, you know, with our families or whatever. Sometimes, you know, like, like, yeah, you know, I do a lot of counseling and I know sometimes somebody just wake up in a day, not, you know, not wanting to connect. And, and the other person might be like, what's going on? They have no clue. So 
yeah, we sometimes just got to step in the, in the, in the, un, un, in, in the uncomfortableness. I don't think that's a word, but in any case, uncomfortableness of situations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it is. I'm going to use that word. Uncomfortableness. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's a word. <laughs> <laughs> we got, we got a lot of, a lot of comments and chats blowing up on our chat board here. Uh, Belority who asked that question said, thank you. And she just mentioned, it's really difficult to show compassion when you see their pain but also want to respect their space if it's unwelcome. And so I think that that also detachment, a little bit loving detachment is like recognizing, recognizing my place. And, um, and, uh, and so I, I think that also um, we've discussed this a little bit on the show that that's, that's where a lot of, a lot of faith comes in to recognize that, Oh, like I, I may not, ha I may not be the surgeon this person needs in this life right now, but I believe that God is with this person. And I can at the very least, pray that God be with this person, you know, as you were praying yes. so beautifully this morning, it's like this idea that I, I, this person may need a loving connection in life and it may not be able to come from me physically with them, but maybe mm -hmm. I can pray that the right person in the right way, you know, please God send someone in our life that they can listen to and hear from and connect with. And I think that's what you mentioned at the very beginning that was so beautiful is that God never leaves us with any, God never leaves us without a way for us to connect to her, our humanity. And so yeah. I think that like God is always with, is always with people, but like, yeah. it's like, okay, so we don't, we may, we, they may need space from us physically, but we can still, you know, pray that somehow some connection comes in God in the right way at the right time will enter into that person's life. Yes. And I believe what's important is to acknowledge within ourselves first um the person's pain acknowledge it with compassion and acknowledge it with empathy mm. i believe that the work that we need to do on the planet is individual each one of us need to you know go within ourselves and see um how am i able to really connect with what is going on with this other person oftentimes we are so cluttered inside ourselves <laughs> and so, so much toxicity may be there within our own self that it's hard to connect with another person because we got to work through the layers of stuff that's within us. Mm. And so for that, we need technology. We need spiritual technology. We need applied tools. Yes. We have uh, a follow-up question that came in. This one came from my wife, Rasika Gopi, who's tuning in from Jersey. Hey, Rasika. <laughs> beautiful. Such a beautiful soul. I love you. <laughs> she, she wrote, how can we as, as a spiritual community compassionately enter into the pain of racial injustice in this country for Black America? Okay, <laughs> that's that's a question in everybody's mind, right? That's the big question. We just that's the big question. Yeah, we kind of. I mean, there's nothing new in in the world, really. However, there's a little bit of a what what I might call new paradigm that we may need to enter into. And. Um, yeah, you know, our communities are built on a foundation of diversity. And so it's important for us to learn now, I believe this is like the next phase about our diversity. <laughs> what is it that diver that's diverse about us, you know? So it's a time for us to go a little bit deeper and a little bit closer. Mm -hmm. And that might require 
education about other people and their cultures and what they've lived through and you know what the pain is that they may still be holding on to and and it may be that we are we just become listeners for that some some people in the community may need to just be that just a listener and um, that tool of listening is so key to healing another person. It's so key to making connections with other people. Oftentimes we have so much inside we wanna share and we might not take the time to stop and say, you know what, let me hear what this other person, you know, have going on with them. And so yes, in communities, now the new paradigm is, um, in education of who we really are in a social sense. And that's something in Bhakti we didn't always put much, you know, emphasis on because we saw ourselves as spirit, and we are spiritual beings. And, um, you know, uh, we, you were mentioning the, when we talked earlier about spiritual bypass. And so the spiritual bypass is like, you know, we're not the bodies and, and we're not the mind, we're not the intel, we're none of these things. And that's, that's our focus in bhakti. And that's, that's, that's divine truth. At the same time, most of the people in the world are not so fortunate as we are to have even a drop of that divine truth. And so all of us need to learn more about each other. You know, like sometimes, you'll hear devotees say, yeah, I have an Italian background. They're like, okay, what is that? What does that mean, you know? I mean, because I'm from New York, I understand that. I know what that is because New York is diverse and you have friends that, you know, from every different background. However, there are a lot of places where, you know, in America, nobody knows what, what really, what's Italian food. They eat lasagna, but they don't understand the background of it. They don't know, you know, they don't understand like the tradition behind an Italian culture. And people, we don't take the time to do that. And I do believe that's the new, the new paradigm. Mm -hmm. We need to take time, you know, to really explore um, each other on a deeper level. I, I remember going once to Mexico with my teacher and my mentor. And um, the, the, some of the, per, the, the people in the temple wanted to offer my mentor some of the home-cooked meals, you know, some home-cooked meals. Um, however, at the time, uh, that, this is many years ago, at the time, um, it was not allowed to offer the Lord home-cooked meals from the country. You know, and yeah, that was quite interesting because um, we do have a standard of what's offered to the Lord. Mm. And so as a result of that, um, we had to, you know, it was kind of, yeah, revolutionary moment where, where we had to educate people about how important it is for those persons. It's in their country. <laughs> it is their food. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, how, do we, how do we connect on a deeper level so they can feel valued? for their for the, just something as simple as that is something as simple as that so so yes we we do need to connect on a deeper level we, yeah. I, I don't know rasika if that's totally um answer your question it's it's a little bit you know i remember when i first went to africa sorry i met with um there was a sannyasi there brahmananda uh prabhu 
He was one of the first, he, he was Sanyasi at the time, one of Prabhupada's first disciples. And when we, when I got there, there was nobody there. You know, he was the one, he was the only person there. My guru, my, my teacher, my mentor, he actually kind of dropped us off, told us, you know, okay, he sent us there on a one-way ticket. <laughs> However, Brahmananda was there. And I remember one of the first things Brahmananda did was to um, take us into the community of Africans. And, and, and really let us connect, to, to sit with them, talk to them in their homes, you know, and get to know them. And, and I found that so key. So when, so when they would start coming to the temple, it was already a relationship that was being set up, you know, with them. And um, so they felt cared for. They felt cared for. Somebody cared enough about me to come and visit my home and see how my family lives and you know, what we eat, so many times we would sit and actually eat with them and, you know, and it was, it was different. However, um, we were, we were open to letting them know we care, letting the people there know we care. That's beautiful. I mean, I when, when I heard that you were in West Africa for 10 years, I just, so many questions, wanted to hear, Bor, what was it like for you in those 10 years? And uh, being there trying to share spiritual values but also connecting with people on a personal level uh, would you would you like to tell me more about what that experience was like being there and 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 living there and connecting with people yeah um uh, you know the same principles are there i believe in every place every country just yeah i've lived in india also for quite some time yeah. um I believe in, 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 in Africa, my experience to sum it up in a short, in a short, maybe pair, short sentence is, um, again, you know, connecting with people in their hearts. That's like such a key principle for me. Um, we traveled all over West Africa and there were no temples in many of those places. Yeah. I remember just going to, you know, some places where we didn't even have a house to live in. Wow. You know, we would cook outside and, you know, and, and with fires. However, what I, what I found is to know that, to know what our purpose is. What is our purpose? And for me, the purpose of my life has always been to connect people with something that brings joy and something that brings happiness in their life. Even before I was, uh, uh, you know, a, de a, a devotee of God or, devo or, or serving God, I always had that purpose. How can people be happy in their life? How can we experience joy? You know, the, the, life does not have to be miserable. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's not supposed to be miserable. And so, so in Africa, that, that I believe is something that kept me there for as long as, as it did, is that I wanted to share joy and I wanted to experience whatever joy they might have been experiencing mm -hmm. in, their, in their life. Because, you know, people with culture, um, they have some high principles, very high principles. They may not fully have a relationship with God. However, there's so many things that I learned from that culture and yeah continue to continue to learn yeah yeah i hope that's helpful i mean that's 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 a whole like you know like i don't know that's a whole day of workshops or something <laughs> so, yeah, 
about being in Africa. <laughs> but in general, in general, in general, um, it's it is it, 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 the people there were so eager. They were so eager to learn God, to go deeper with God. So eager, mm. and so yeah, that's that's the beauty that I take away from there. That's so beautiful. Yeah, thank you. Um, I'm just gonna keep rolling with some of the questions that are coming in. Um, one person mentioned that you've been mentioning about some various tools that we could be using. Um, could you guide us as to where we can learn these tools? What are these tools? Where can we learn them and what are they? There's so many tools. However, if we can begin with empathy, developing an empathic and empathetic heart, if we can begin with um, understanding more about compassion, mm -hmm. having compassionate dialogues with each other, um, if we can understand a little more about listening to the other person, and perhaps, you know, being reflective to walk in the other person's shoe, you know, and to maybe just, just visualize what it might be like in the other person's shoe. These are all tools that we can apply on a daily basis. And you can, if you want to get some classes, I'm sure you can um, contact the Bhakti Center. <laughs> Doyo Goranga, Doyo Prabhu, <laughs> and or you can go to um, our Inter iFast website, and we do offer classes there. So you're welcome to do that. Rasika, would you? Um, I think Brenda, would you? Do you want to write some of that stuff? Uh, the website, et cetera, in the chat board. You can put that there in the chat board. People can have that, that reference for her website. That's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. And, and, you know, developing qualities that are reflective of our humanity. And I had written a few qualities that I thought are really important. We did this um, devotee care. You know, we, we, we wrote a manual for devotee care. It's a course that's offered in Mayapur every year. And um, some of the principles that we came up with for caring for each other are very simple. However, they're very impactful if we practice them in our lives. And they are, we had like six um, values, which is empathy, integrity, expertise. Um, expertise means not that we think we're perfect. However, we try to do things with care. Um, mm -hmm. Gratitude and generosity, affection and love, wisdom, and learning from the scriptures, you know, learning from the scriptures. And so, um, yeah, and our principles, these are some basic principles of caring for each other, is um, positive, uh, de uh, developing a positive sense of belonging. We need that so much in this world right now. People are struggling and they're having, and people are having pain because there's no sense of who we belong to, where we belong. No, you know, um, people just don't have that connection. They don't belong anywhere. And so we really need to know where, where do we really belong? Where's our real home? Is this our real home, this chaotic, crazy place? This is what it is. This is what I have to look forward to for the rest of my life. You know, so um, loving relationships. These are courses that we can really teach in, with many principles. Um, empathetic listening, um, serving each other, <laughs> and again, hearing from scriptures. These are so important. And then we can break these down into smaller, you know, 
um, values such as truthfulness, forgiveness, equality, not equality necessarily of physical concerns, equality of understanding that we are spiritual beings. And what does that mean? We, we, we may be uh, different in so many, so many aspects of our physicality and so many aspects of our emotions. However, we're one in spirituality. We're one in knowing who we are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so culturally, we may be many. Culturally, we're so many. We're so diverse. But spiritually, we're one. Mm-hmm. Spiritually. And so compassion, tolerance, humility, purity, faith in God's divine service. These are, these are basic values that we can apply in our lives. And we can actually have courses. Yeah. <laughs> we we got to get you teaching. A, we're gonna, after this, I'm going to reach out. We got to get you teaching a course for the Bhakti Center for all of us about these things. I'm getting some nodded heads on the chat <laughs> board and some, yeah, we got to get you, we got to get you doing that. I got, I have one more question that came in from our good friend. It's a, um, it's a little bit of a different direction, but it's from our good friend, Trisha, who lives out in Pennsylvania. And, huh? uh, and so she, she was like, I'd love to hear about the farm in Pennsylvania and the connection to the earth as it relates to the Bhakti path. Oh, thank you so much, Trisha. Yes, it's so beautiful. It's 350 acres of land. Um, there's, um, many, many cows. We have beautiful cows and we, on the farm, uh, devotees, they make, uh, produce the milk, the cows produce milk and uh, cheese. I guess many people are vegan today, so maybe that might not apply. However, it's a himsa. Yeah, it's a himsa. That's right. Protected, very protected cows. And we have beautiful, beautiful persons that live here on the farm. Just, just so dedicated to wanting to be better people in life. And that's, that's, that, that's what the farm's focus is on how we can communicate with each other, be a community that reflect the values of divinity and how to live in this world. Basically, that's, um, yeah, the farm is dedicated to that. And um, yeah, it's a beautiful place. Please come and visit. When, when, when everything is open, I'm sure it's gonna be open soon. And please, please come and visit. It's an experience you'll never forget. We'll have a lot of peacocks. Um, just, uh, yeah, just wonderful retreats that goes on during the course of the year. Of course, everything had to stop because of, of the COVID. So yeah, it's, uh, it's beautiful. And please come, please visit. And, and how, long, how long have you been out there? We lived out here since 1995. So we've been out here for many years. This is our base. When I hear 1995, I'm like, oh, yeah, that was like eight, 10 years ago. It was like like 25 (laughs) years ago. Yeah, this has been our base since 1995 when our mentor came to assist here to, um, yeah, to help in in keeping the farm um, active for people in the world. And so we, we all, my husband and I, we came and we, as, we, we were, we've been here since then. Wow. Um, and we travel a lot. We were traveling a lot and we do, yeah, go and stay sometimes. And at one point we were living in, in India for six months and then here for six months. So mm-hmm. we've done many different things. However, we always come back here because it's just so beautiful. Such a beautiful place. It's a spiritual world, actually. 
Mm, so yeah. I've, I've only I've only been to Gitanagari once, and it was uh, just before the passing of your beloved spiritual master Bhakti Chirito Swami <laughs> in two thousand five, and uh, and uh, for the for his last two public uh, addresses that he gave happened to be there, and and uh, so it was a very very unique and special time, and seeing a lot of your God family and a lot of uh, I didn't know you at the time or know anybody really. I was much younger and um but uh you know i got to experience your your spiritual master's presence the beloved um amazing unity and connection of of of, of your spiritual family and also the beauty of, of gita nagri itself and so i've been there once my wife spent a, a summer there once she and, did <laughs> yeah, were you at that you were at that time there also when she was there yes yeah <laughs> yes it's, yeah it was it's so funny. There's so many people who know her before. Uh, when uh, when we uh, when we first got together as a as a couple, um, my spiritual teacher Radhanath Swami, I had mentioned to him that you know, and, and Radhanath Swami has so many students and you know, so many people all over the world. And uh, I said, you know, it's this girl Rasika Gopi, and I just assumed he didn't know who she was. And you know, she you know her, she's a student of yours, et cetera, et cetera. And he said, yes, I know her. I knew her before you knew her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. And so you you knew her you knew her before I knew her also. And there's some qualities I remember about Rasika that um it's just so exemplary. She was always very pinpointed with determination. Mm. I always remember that about her. <laughs> that she had a clear understanding of her purpose clear understanding and she was ready ready to take risks uh to to make that purpose come alive i remember that so clearly and so yeah she's she's adorable not only is she physically beautiful she's internally beautiful mm. yeah so you've got a gem thank you <laughs> thank you so much you're beautiful and so 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 grateful to have you here before we in our last few minutes before we sign off i just wanted to ask um anything else on your heart if, if you want to share anything without me prompting a question or directing it to our audience to our country to anybody who might be listening later in the recording or today now or, um any closing words or message that you'd like to share from your heart to ours before we before we close or before we part well, I want to thank you again um, for inviting me. And I want to remind everyone that every person that's in this world is in some kind of pain, mm -hmm. somewhere or another. And right now, we're seeing a community of people that are expressing their pain. And so as a world community, in terms of just... Um, understanding the humanity of each and every person, it's important to acknowledge people's pain. We may not be able to do anything about it. However, just to acknowledge it and to find ways that maybe if we can't do anything about it, that we can inspire others to have empathy and compassion during this time for people with their pain. So beautiful. Thank you so much. I was just reflecting on that and 
Thank you so much, Brother Lila, for sharing this message with us, for giving us your, I, I said this to you yesterday when we were talking on the phone a little bit, just to, just to prep for our time here today, that just being in your presence is so calming and just hearing your voice, there's such a, such a depth to your being uh, that I can feel even virtually through social media, I can feel it. And um, I feel like in addition to, in addition to your words and your wisdom and your, um, and everything that you're sharing that of, of how, of that's been so helpful, um, just your presence and your demeanor that you mentioned something that it, we really have to connect. That transformation is something that takes place on an individual level. And we have to connect to ourselves first to connect with others. And I, I could see that's a journey that you've taken. Um, you really have a deep interconnection and it comes out when you speak. It comes out through your eyes and through your face. It's so beautiful and, and through your compassion. And then I feel that very, very much. And my hope is that we can invite you more and more to speak to our community and provide opportunities. And so, so please get your, your three-part communication course ready because uh, we're going to be we're going to be asking to offer it soon or whatever it may look like. Um, but I'm so so grateful to be connected with you. My wife my wife told me this weeks ago. She's like, you got to get Brajalila on the show. You got to get her. You got to get her up there. I was like, she's super busy. I don't know if she's going to come. <laughs> it's a fun. Our good friend our good friend Leela. I don't think she's she's yes. later. She helped arrange it. So so thank you yes. so so much. It's really it's really really been a pleasure, and I feel fortunate to be connected with you and to know you. I hope, I hope we can continue to be in touch. So thank you so, so much. Thank you. Thank you for developing such a beautiful community. Thank you. And thank you for all your community members that's on the call today. I am deeply grateful. I'm deeply honored that you would take your time to be here. And thank you, Doyle. And you're just keeping the pulse of what's needed in the world. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye, everybody. And now that we've officially ended our podcast, what I do is I, I've, uh, I've unmuted everybody. And if anybody wants to just share their love and appreciation for Brother Lila, say hi, you're welcome to, or you can unmute yourself or feel free. Hi, thank you so much. It was beautiful. Thank you, my love. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Brother. Thank you. Hello, Rachana. Hare Bo. Hare Krishna. Thank you so much. Hare Bo. Hare Bo. Shamala. I see you there. Thank you so much. Where are Nice to be. I'm in uh, outside of Ithaca, New York, right uh, now. Hare Bo. <laughs> wow. You're in a beautiful place. Yes. <laughs> With you and all of you here. Hare Krishna. Hare Bol. Marta. Hare Bol, Dayal Prabhu. Doyal. Doyal. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Okay. Take care, everybody. Bye bye. Karen. Monique. Monique. Hare Bol. Hare Krishna. Hare Good to see you, Mother. Thank you. Good to see you. Wow, I haven't seen you in a while. I know. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I'm back. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Mother. Thank you for being an inspiration and, and guiding us all, especially black bodied uh, young ladies and men. So thank you so much, Mother. This was highly. You know, we're all reflections of each other. We're all spiritually <laughs> reflecting each other. Oh, 
Hare, oh Krishna, thank you. Hare we're, we're grateful to be a part of a spiritual family. Yes, ma'am. I hope to see you soon. Actually, I think I might. This summer, we're going to head down there. So Wonderful. I'll, yeah, we'll be. I'll let you know. All right, now. Yes, <laughs> Have a good day. forward to that. Pankaj, thank you so much. Thank you. Pankaj Kapoor. Hari <laughs> Hari. Hari Looking forward to connect more with you. I miss you and would love to have more regular association with you. Yes, we got to do this, Rasika. Definitely. I would love that. I'll reach out to you maybe by email or I'll connect okay. through Leela. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's do this. You're in my okay. heart. You're in my heart. Oh, thank you so much. I feel you. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Signing Hadi off. Bo. We'll be in touch. Hadi bo. Hadi, hadi, hadi bo.